I mean, you said you said it there best. It's like I think that to really understand scarcity and abundant, uh, the the differences in the mindset is like it's not about how you feel when you have it. It's how you feel if you lose it. Mm. That tells you more about what mindset you're in. You know what I mean? Like people who live in an abundant mindset, they're okay with losing time and money for things that better them as a person. Like that can help them. They're okay with the the losses that come with, you know, spending time, spending money somewhere, taking somebody out for coffee. Like it's just, they, they believe that these efforts and these losses in the short term will amount to something later on. Like it's, mm-hmm. they're okay with letting it go and seeing what could come from letting it go, you know? Welcome back, everyone, to the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a man in the modern era. Our hope with this podcast is to support men on their journey towards becoming the best possible version of themselves by providing insight, support, perspective, but most importantly, a safe space to live authentically with a community of conscious kings. Every week, we will take a deep dive into topics such as toxic masculinity, men's mental health, personal relationships, conscious leadership, and powerful guest appearances. Men, we see you, we hear you, and we are standing tall beside you every single day in the arena of misunderstood masculinity. Let's get into today's episode. What's going on? What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite podcast for men. It's called Modern Masculinity Podcast. I'm your co-host, Coach Kyle, aka CK. What's going on, my people? It's your boy, Anwar Ahmed, a.k.a. A Squared. A Squared. And today we have a conversation I think a lot of people are talking about these days. It seemed to become incredibly popular over the course of quarantine and over the course of uh, what I would call a very global awakening we're kind of experiencing right now is the concept of manifestation and abundance. What do those mean? What are those wild, crazy words? Why do they sound a little woohoo? And how do we kind of bring them down to a surface level that we can understand for everyone? So we're going to have that powerful conversation. But before we do that, we're going to have more powerful conversation. You know what time it is? What's going on, Coach Kyle? What's going on? How are you doing today, my man? Well, you were just speaking me uh, and, and berating me for my full copy full coffee. I have two full Nespresso's in this cup and I am ready to run a marathon. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to run a marathon. Listen, I have been doing a lot of identity work this week. So my mood is, has been like a roller coaster all week. A lot of things I've been challenging in my own identity and my partner has been challenging in my identity. And one of those things really simply was how I make coffee. So remember how I make pour over coffee, right? So I have like a little pour over machine, well, not a machine, it's basically just a glass container that I put my coffee beans over and I pour the water over. And I got into this over quarantine and I loved it. And it's been the way that I've made coffee for over a year and a half. And then the other day we were talking and Nespresso had an incredible deal. It was basically an espresso machine with like $25 worth of coffee for $99. It was the wild deal. And if you haven't, if you, if you don't have it yet, go get it. It's still on sale. <laughs> and uh, we were talking about getting it. And I was thinking to myself, well, I already make coffee this way. So I don't really think I need an espresso machine if I already make this coffee. But then I started to question, okay, well, 
what is the challenge with getting an espresso? Like, why do you have resistance to this coffee machine? And I realized that through the, the process of, okay, well, I made it this way. And then this is this way. Instant coffee to me started to feel like a less than coffee. So I started to look at like something that makes coffee instantly as not so great. And in other words, I'm better than you because I make my, my coffee pour over. It's like this fancy, you know, pour over slow and, and steps and stages. And I started to attach my identity overly to a person who makes pour over coffee. So I tried to dismantle that this week by getting the Nespresso with my partner and only using Nespresso coffee. And it's, it's been one of the generally easier identity shifts, but it's hilarious how quickly I personally, and I think a lot of people do attach to an identity that makes us feel better than other people without knowing it. And that's a little bit how I felt, to be quite honest with you. It was, I make coffee better than you do. Therefore, my coffee is better than you. And I, yeah, for those that can't see Anwar's face is like, what in the actual hell is going on? <laughs> but it's, it's the little things that I think we, I, at least for me, sometimes I do is, is um, I'm trying to always be a better version of myself. And sometimes what comes with being a better version of myself is feeling as if I'm better than other people without realizing that's what I'm doing. And so if I feel the need to tell somebody that's how I make coffee, then that will come out as that's because I make it in a better way or a more natural way or a healthier or whatever it is that's more than somebody else. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you made that shift because <laughs> thinking that you're better than someone because of the way you make your coffee is... It, it, it wasn't that's, intentional. That's, that, that's a shift that is, 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 is needed for sure. Um, Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. I think that pour over coffee um, is also an acquired, like I think coffee and the, just the coffee world, there isn't a better coffee than not better coffee. It's all dependent on how it hits you. Like it's the, the, to me, the tall blonde gets the job done. Like mm -hmm. how I feel after I drink the tall blonde is like, very synergetic to what I'm trying to achieve in that day. You know, I'll have a coffee from another place that might mm. taste better, or whatever, but the feeling doesn't get me there. You know what I yep. mean? And so, you know, I think coffee is one of those finicky things. It's, it's kind of like red wine. Like it's, you know, there's mm -hmm. different, it's bitter. There's this, there's that, you know, I don't think that there's, um, but you, you touch on a very like interesting topic minus the example, like that, the fact that our, sometimes we grow the identity, we attach our identity to these crazy things. Like, and, and, and the shift in identity is hard for people, especially if your identity has been caught up in that for a long, long, long time. Like I remember, mm -hmm. you know, my identity, and I've talked about this on the podcast before too, like some of my original big challenges were like identity crises. Like I didn't know who I was, like, mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was without a basketball, you know, like I had spent so much time putting in the work to be a basketball player. And as you know, I got older and as the writing started, like, you know, getting more bold and bold on the walls, like, dude, you will not be able to do this for a career. So like figure something else out. One breaking up with that identity was hard enough, but then trying to find a different one, like yeah. when everyone is like, Oh, hey, you still play basketball. Like when every other person who comes up to you is that's how they greet you by that identity. And you believe in that so much. And then it's gone. Or mm -hmm. if you were, um, 
somebody who your whole entire life, you, you know, before you went to university, you were considered like the smartest person in your class and all of those kind of things. And you get to university and you're not the smartest person in the class anymore. Mm-hmm. You're not doing well. Even in my career, this has been the longest it's taken me to get good at something ever in the history of my existence. Anything <laughs> I've ever touched hasn't taken me this long to get good. I'm at year two and I still feel like a straight rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's because it's like, as you get older, you take on bigger challenges, you take on bigger things. And therefore that learning curve is going to be way more, way more daunting and way harder to be an expert at. Like, you're not going to be an expert at this skill set because this skill set, A, there's been a lot of people who've been going after this for a long time. You just showed up, get in line and put in the reps and don't use your previous identity. Like I'm a quick learner. Like exactly. I, that used to be my thing. I used to say, I'm a quick learner. I'm going to figure this out in two seconds. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, when you're not figuring it out, it adds this intense level of pressure of just like, dude, why haven't you figured this out yet? Like you're a quick learner. What the hell? Why is this hard? Like Absolutely. I should have been figuring things out already. Like this should have been done. Like can't believe it's taken me this long to do this thing. <laughs> uh, and then your, your mentor is giving you feedback being like, buddy, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And you're like, what the hell, man, I'm not getting this. Like, mm-hmm. and then, and then, but if you just let go of the fact that like, Hey, I've been a quick learner, but this is a different example. Like this is a different thing. You let go of the quick learner thing. You're able to just sit in that seat with a lot more perspective and you're able to kind of just trust the timing of what you're trying to get done. And and that's such a better place to be in. So I think a lot of times when you look at the frustration of, you know, the things that are happening in your life. Oh, uh, you know, I hate, I hate that I'm going back to basketball because I'm not going to, I'm not going to say the word basketball in like the next four <laughs> podcasts, but this okay, is not, a, I'm a holding you to that. I'm holding um, you to that. I just hate when I have to talk about my personal life and like, there is so much of my personal life that especially around this, like, you know, physical health, mental health stuff is, is caught up in basketball. But I remember when I quit basketball, and then I went back to playing basketball, like, um, you know, after I'd quit for a couple of years, I went back to the court and I couldn't even have fun because of the old identity that I had on mm-hmm. myself. Like I could not even enjoy myself. I'd be like, buddy, you are trash. Like you used Absolutely. to be, a, used to be a good shooter. You used to do this. You used to do this. You're out of shape. Like you're getting schooled by like people who are not even close to as good as you are beating you. And I'm like, hold up. You used to be that kind of guy. You're not right. you're not training like you used to train. You know, and so when I got rid of some of the old identities of like, you know, what I used to be, you know, at the collegiate level or the university level, mm-hmm. and I and I erased that and I was like, what is my purpose here, man? I'm just trying to have fun, right? Like, right. and I don't put on 100 I don't put up like 500 shots a day or 100 shots a day anymore. I, I literally play once a week, at once maybe every two weeks. You can't hold that same expectation to this. Like you need to just let it go. And the second I did that, man, I'm telling you, I had started having so much more fun. I started mm. having so much more fun. I was like, this might go in, this might not. Who cares? I'm here to have right. a good time. Like, and then you slowly start to like, you know, create the new identity, which you're talking about is like now basketball is recreational to me. It's not mm. the thing that I'm doing. And the results of a pickup game at the YMCA carry zero weight. This is not a tryout. This is for fun, you know, Mm -hmm. and that is a, you know, a great shift in like identity because it's like if you were good at something, you know what I mean? You expect to continue to be good at it. But it's just about kind of just like knowing where you're at and that frustration. I'd be leaving a YMCA run like ready to freaking like get kicked out of a basketball game because I can't hit a shot. I'm like, you need to calm down. You need to relax. You're not that guy anymore. A hundred percent. It's so crazy that you bring up that story because, uh, I was pulling up an email just now that I got from um, a person I follow named Aubrey Marcus. And he sent an email that almost literally recited word for word what you just said. 
so wild because the idea of identity isn't necessarily wrong. We all crave to know who we are. We all crave for other people to know who we are. But the challenge is, is how caught up we get in that and how overly attached we get to that. And what we do and what I would do too is like for the coffee or um, another example for me right now is my vegan journey. Like the, these two things I would attach to myself and my self-worth. And so it would then be almost like a hit at the entirety of my being. So if you were to play basketball and miss out, it's not just missing a shot. It's, it's, it's missing like a piece of you. It's like, if I don't hit the shot, then um, I am absolutely terrible. And it challenges the identity, but I would love to read this email really quickly. It's really short. Um, Cause it, it, I think it puts into words what we're both basically saying here. So the title of the email is I was nervous all day. And he says, I was nervous all day. Why? Did I have an important meeting that could change the course of my life? Was it a speech in front of hundreds of people or maybe a live podcast? Nah, I had all the above in the last two weeks and I wasn't nervous at all. It was a basketball league game against a middling team in the middle of the season. And I had butterflies in my stomach all day. Why? That is the interesting question. And I didn't figure it out until the end of the game bracket. We won, by the way. The reason is that I have started to reattach myself to the identity as a basketball player. I didn't mean to do this, of course. It just happened. It was like slipping on an old shoe. And before I knew it, here I am, like I am 17 again. And this is the nature of attachment. Anything that attaches to our identity becomes like flesh and bone to the body. It is vulnerable, and we are afraid of any perceived damage it may take like a couple missed shots, some turnovers, an L instead of a win. And then all of a sudden the ego is shrieking in pain. Bracket, I used to identity and ego interchangeably. So now I have an opportunity for the rest of the season to work on attachment with the specific impetus being basketball. The first deep attachment to any type of performance that I've built. The biggest game is on December 14th. So I have until then to calm the fuck down. <laughs> And it was, this email came perfect timing for me because this is basically what I've, what I've been doing. Um, and I think we all do uh, is just so unaware of how worried we become when we attach our identity to something and anything that threatens that. And it really, for me, what it's taught me is that I was very closed. I was very closed to anything else being part of my identity because I didn't know it fully, truly. And my ego, like yours did with basketball, my ego loved soccer. So to go play soccer again, my ego's like, hold on. No, 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 no. You haven't played in years. Don't you dare go play. Don't go play for fun. This isn't a fun game. This is a competitive game. You're going to go and you're going to score goals and you're going to play well. And you're going to run as fast as you can. And if you don't feel like you can do that, don't you dare go back on that field. So mine's working the other way now. It's like, don't even go play mm -hmm. because your identity is a soccer player. People know you as a soccer player. So don't go play badly. And it's just the wildness of that narrative. It just limits us so much. Uh, and like you noticed, it doesn't allow us to have fun. It's zero fun, dude. So to come full circle on mood check, um, I am feeling, I would, I'll use the words uh, energetic. I feel very energized this week. And I also feel slightly liberated. Liberated from some of the the shackles that I've placed on myself and in my own life, and the the chains that I've I've had pinned to the floor for a while that have been stopping me from making possibly great changes in my life. So that's how I feel. That's my mood. How's your mood? Let's let's get let's get into the mood. Yeah, I think my mood. 
I don't, I haven't, I haven't even had enough time to kind of digest uh, my mood lately. I feel like mm. I've just been, I've been living that very traditional, classic, hustle bustle, busy body, not paying attention to yourself lifestyle. Um, the last like week or so, I think mm. I've just been chasing my tail for the whole week. Um, but in terms of kind of how I feel, I feel pretty restless. Mm. I feel I feel pretty restless. I feel like I can't even when I know it's time to go to sleep. It's like I if if my body could physically just stay up the whole entire time, I would just do it. You know, mm. mm-hmm. I just feel like I would just rather if I could do it, I would rather just stay awake the whole time and not go to sleep. Like if we could just skip these four or five or six hours, whatever we're gonna get. Um, and and the, the feeling of the morning has been very. Um, heavy i would say it's like it's like waking up with just like knowing that like oh this is gonna hopefully we can get through this uh you know um but yeah i just think that 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 restlessness it's like there's a lot of deadlines there's a lot of um so i've just been you know usually in these times this is when everything you know for lack of a better term falls to shit you know, mm. the, the pressure starts to rise. You start to like, you know, you start to be restless in the, in the, in the worst ways possible. You're like, you're, you're like, Oh, maybe if I just skip that one hour workout, I'll just like stay on the computer and like, I'll get this one task done again. And then now you're like compromising routine for, you know, deadlines. And it's, this is usually when this is like, and you know, learning from last year's mistakes this year, I'm like, no, we're going to go stop. We're going to eat. We're going to stop. Mm. We're going to drink water. We're going to stop. We're going to do this. We're gonna stop. We're gonna go to the gym, and um, I haven't been like you know dominating the gym this week. But you know the win has been that I've gone there and have been distracted, but I've gone there. You know where when I felt like when I was on top of it, I could separate the stuff. I was like, okay, I'm I'm not working. I'm in the gym. I'd go there with my notebook. I'm like, all right, the goal today is PR this and this and that. Mm-hmm. And like the gym had its own little section, like it was its own part of the day. Now it's like throwing myself in this room and just picking things up and putting them down for an hour and leaving. Like, no, right. like no, I'm not conscious. So like, I'm just like, I know I need to be here. And I think that that's a win for me. You know what I mean? I think a lot of people, they always, they want it to be perfect. And, you know, I, I love the expression of like, don't, don't aim for perfect, like don't aim for per- perfect, aim for progression, you know? And I think that that's what matters. Like showing up, being in that gym, being in that environment for that hour, whether you're fully dialed into that workout or you're not, the reality is, is that you're carving out that time, which is is saying more to your body and is saying more to your schedule uh, in the long term. Because later on, you can if, when you know your focus is a little bit more turned up, the schedule and the routine is already there, right? Um, and for me, it's been important identity wise too. It's been important to kind of you said something at the beginning of this uh, this podcast about the coffee and wanting to run a marathon. Weirdly enough, that's been my biggest challenge with this job is that I'm so physically stimulated. Like I'm a I'm a I'm a physical person in terms of like how I like to like learn things. To, like I need to go. I need to be on my feet. I need to move. Mm-hmm. And this very job kinesthetic. is yeah, very kinesthetic. And this job has made me super mental, like super mm-hmm. in my head. Like a lot of it is like literally my feet don't even need to move to do this job. Like I just need to keep my feet planted. So I have that feeling often where I have a cup of coffee and my body is like, where are we going? What are we doing? And I'm like, <laughs> sit down. You need to control this. Like you need right. to, you need to like control your body wanting to flight and just like focus on what you're doing. And so I've tried cutting out coffee to control that fight or flight a little bit. I've tried like, you know, try to control the being too hyper, too active. Uh, but that's where I get the most joy is when my body is doing stuff. So for me, going to the gym, 
And that hour in the gym is actually helping me be better at my job, which is, you know, cause it's getting that restlessness out. It's like, okay, cool. You're itch, you're, 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 you're like, you know, you're finicky. You feel like you're like re- restless, go to the gym for that hour, exert some of that energy, come back. And then your mind will settle into the work a little bit better. So mm-hmm. you're actually doing yourself a disservice by staying in this desk and not going mm-hmm. to the gym and a service, you know? So being able to see it from a different angle, being able to see it from a different lens, but it's cool to see, you know, what used to be your, uh, you know, your downsides and, you know, what used to be things that like, uh, looking back on, a, on just a year ago to this time, cause it's, this is just recruitment, hell, recruitment hell right now. This is just how it goes. Um, everyone's trying to hire in the last little bit here. You know, it's, it's, it's slim pickings for the people that want to leave, uh, during the holidays and things like that. So it's a, it's a mad sprint last year, this time, I, my brain couldn't even process anything else, not even one mm. other task. Um, so I'm far better than I was last year, but still, still, still ways to go in terms of like being able to, I'd love to be able to, even in the busiest time, be super concentrated on my workout and know like, this is the workout time. Why your brain does not need to think about that. This right. is what you're thinking about right now. Right. But it's, you can't, I can't just make that jump. That's, it's really hard. It's very, very hard to, uh, to compartmentalize. Um, Mm-hmm. skill in itself that 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 is a skill in itself 100 best in the world to do that very well yeah it's it, what i hear so deeply is, is it's a recognition of patterns that are trying to show up again like old patterns and and creating new ones all at the same time and that's it's daunting and overwhelming and honestly quite exhausting <laughs> like breaking old patterns isn't isn't in and of itself hard Right. But then to be like, okay, now I'm going to actually replace it. Like that's the actual work is not just breaking, but replacing. And it's exhausting and it takes a lot out of you. And it's not just, oh, I'm busy with work. It's I'm also busy with all of these patterns that are trying to replay that I'm saying no to. And it's difficult, but I appreciate your honesty because I think that a lot of men who are listening will jump back into that space of just work and work and work and forget the rest. And that's a definitely a conditioned pattern that we all have is just go hard and neglect the other things because this is of, of utter importance right now. But something we shared in the Movember episode is, is doing the maintenance. It's keeping up with those things and finding ways to do it, even if it doesn't feel beautiful. And even if it's not a perfect pump and you know a new PR, man, just showing up has so much power. So uh, honestly, like sitting on this side of the, uh, of the equation here, like I'm really proud of you for showing up in those moments. Cause I know it's hard. And, and what a shame, what a shame would be to lose all that work. Right. Like that's the other thing too. It's like, you work so hard to get to a certain place and you let a couple of stressful moments, you let a couple, you know, a little bit of adversity, like derail you so bad that you're now like, you go all the way back to the beginning, you know what I mean? And so that was, you know, one of the things that, you know, also kind of kept me going a little bit was, you know, not only to, stay disciplined to the routine because ultimately I'm trying to get good at this routine. So falling off of the routine isn't helping, but the other side of it is also just, Hey man, if you, if you send it for two months here and you just neglect it, you go back two months uh, and you don't move the needle forward. Let's just hold on to what we have. Like, let's just hold on to what we have until we can get back to a motivated state again, where we're, we can crush the gym again, but let's not, let's not go backwards. What a, what a, what a waste of effort. Let's not go backwards. You know, mm-hmm. we've come too far. Um, and, and, and out of, out of respect for, you know, the work that you've put in this far, continue to show up, you know, so hundred uh, percent. 
Yeah. I love that. I appreciate you sharing. And I think a lot of people do. And this for me um, is just a quick interlude to remind everyone that the power of a mood check, you can go any way, left, right, up, down. And it's the most crucial thing I think we can do amongst us as, as men and, and engaging with each other. And a lot of times uh, we rely on our partners and rely on our our friends who are possibly women to be this emotional space for us. And it doesn't have to be that way. There's a hilarious skit that just came out on SNL called the man park. And I don't know if anybody has heard it, but it's literally a joke about how men often rely on their partners to be that, that mirror, that, or that safe space. They don't talk to anybody else except for their partner during the day. And this is a very common narrative. And so what they did was they created a joke around having a man park, which is a dog park, but for men. And they're throwing a football and they're taking selfies and they're talking and the women are in the background watching and they're like, oh, look at them. They're networking, like just the hilarity of it all. But there's so much truth to that. And the guy who actually was featured in that is someone who aggressively struggles with depression and has been on many podcasts talking about his journey with depression and how it shows up every day for him. So for me, there was so much power in that, having him feature and having that man park thing. So again, Muchek, this is why we do this, just to get these things out, not to take away the space, just to let things flow and to go where they need to go. Because a lot of people just need to talk about it and to share and have an open space for that. And there's a, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ruffle some feathers a little bit. If, if, if you don't feel like you can, you know, share who you are um, and what you're going through and stuff with the people that are around you. Um, you know, I know family can be difficult, right? But, you know, if, if you've chosen certain people as your friends, your, 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 you know, your support system and all of that kind of stuff, and you don't feel comfortable sharing, you know, what you're going through, um, it might be time to reassess some of the, some of the relationships in your life. You know, it's uh, this world, this life that we live in has its ups and downs, has its challenges. And if you literally are a human being who's walking around right now, who feels like there is literally nowhere to go, you got to find that somewhere to go. Um, and that might be changing your circle. That might be, you know, seeking professional help, depending on kind of the severity of what you're going through. But if you have nowhere to share, write that down somewhere and start doing something about it because not being able to share anything with anybody is just, especially if you're going through stuff, it's a recipe for disaster. hundred mm percent. -hmm. And we're here too, right? That's what this space is for, right? We're, we're not just podcasters. We're not just here for you to listen to us on the other side of your headphones. Um, we're also here for that space. That's why we built this. So we're always here to support that and be that possible ear for you if that's what is what you're looking for or to provide a proper resource for you to, to outsource. Whatever that looks like, that's what we're here, here for. And that's one of the biggest reasons why we created this podcast. My friends, let's talk about mental health and the sponsor of this podcast. This episode is sponsored by Tether, a peer-enabled mental health and well-being platform for men. Tether helps men find meaning and purpose through community, accountability pods, and a 24-7 support network. Tether invites us all to be a part of changing the face of masculinity and letting every man know that struggling and vulnerability doesn't make you any less of a man. It simply makes you human. 
And for me, I've had a lot of personal experience with this app. I've used it many times. I've shared a lot of vulnerable moments. I've shared some strength moments, some exciting moments. The app is open for everyone to simply just share. And like I said in the introduction, a peer-enabled space where we're supporting each other without any pressure to fix, just simply to honor each other's journey. They also just added in a conscious content section where they're sharing podcasts, they're sharing blog posts. It is a really powerful space. So we really want to implore you and encourage you to download it from the app and Google store. It is Tether, T-E-T-H-R, available on both app stores. Join the community. I promise you will not regret it. So to get into the topic of today's conversation, we talked at the beginning about the idea of abundance. And we're also going to relate that to the idea of scarcity, the opposite of abundance, and then get into a bit of manifestation and law of attraction. And for us, we love having some level of of deep conversation. And a lot of times I can go into the spiritual realm. I know for me, I I love talking about the spiritual side of things, but I think sometimes too, what will happen is we get into conversations about spirituality and then we forget that we're human beings. We, we send it into the spiritual world and just we sometimes neglect that we're still humans, that things still need to move, that we still need to actually like create some sort of momentum. So that's what I'm really excited to talk about today is yes, these are beautiful concepts, but what are we, how do we go about them? What are we doing about them? What are practices like? And is it always a practice? Is it just a mindset? So let's start with the idea of abundance. I remember the first time I came into the concept of abundance. I honestly, I think it was in 2020. And I was having a conversation with someone that was, I was going to possibly hire as my coach. And something that he said back to me was, do you live abundantly? And I sat there for a second and and my instant response in my head was no, no, I don't. But I didn't want it to sound that way. I didn't want it to be like, well, no, I don't. Because that sounds weird. Why would I want to tell someone willingly that I don't live abundantly? That for me says that I live a poor life and that I don't live a good life. And now I'm going to probably feel judged for that. So I struggled with the question for a moment. I went silent. And then uh, I said, in pockets, in pockets of my life, I do. And he reflected back to me right after that. He said something along the lines. I can't remember word for word, but it was, um, I don't necessarily believe you. He was very honest with me. He said, I don't necessarily believe you. I think that um, you live a very scarce life based on the way that you speak to me and the things that you say and the things you're prepared to do and the ways in which you're willing to make change. It feels as if you live very scarcely. I was like, well, I don't feel like I live scarcely. I have money in my bank account. But that wasn't what he was saying. abundance uh, Abundance and scarcity are not just financial terms. They are life terms. They're for everything. Do we have enough joy? Do happiness? Do we have an abundance of friends, of family? Or are we scarce in those departments? Do we have an abundance of um, emotional attachments, secure attachments, things like that? Like it's such a bigger concept. And then where I went from there was like, okay, well, abundance is is more. Okay, well, what did he mean by scarce? Like what, what, what does scarce mean? And I felt like that was easier to comprehend. And that's what you and I were talking about when we were prepping for this episode is that scarcity seems to be something we have an easier time understanding, which actually now reflecting on it is actually quite hilarious. But what did you mean by that? Tell, tell the people what you meant. You said something along the lines of scarcity is an easier way to kind of approach the idea of abundance. That's a great starting or a gateway. 
Yeah, I think that for me, I, I think when I was when I was sharing that with you, I, I meant more personally for me. Mm-hmm. Um, when I resonated with it too, I felt like that was easier to understand in words to what my mindset was, probably because I was already living it. Right. Yeah, I, I think that my environment, my circumstances, allowed me to understand a scarce mindset very easily. You know, mm. um, just how I was kind of how I kind of grew up and the idea of, you know, save, 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 like having a tight grip on everything that you have um, that, you know, uh, if a good day comes, another one might not come. You know, it's it, this idea that like everything that's happening is just like a one of one experience, you know, like you, that this is like you're not going to be able to recreate this or um I remember feeling that about, you know, even, even the things that I would do uh, in life. If, if I, if I was young and I accomplished something, I, I would always feel skeptical about being able to do, re, re, redo it again. Um, mm. You know, I always felt like um, money was a the very easy one for me though, to, to understand because I remember when I was, uh, I was in university and I was just, I was kind of figuring out the whole money thing. I started living on my own and I started figuring out the, you know, paying for rent and expenses and all that kind of stuff and got the calculator out. And I was a very good saver. Um, It was something that, because I wouldn't ever invest in anything for myself. There was zero investing, all saving, right? So I wouldn't, I would eat ramen noodles. I would eat, you know, cereal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I would just life right there. Ramen noodles, a little bit of salt. You can eat them dry too. You don't even need water. I love the dry, (laughs) love the dry out of the bag. Don't, don't even get me started. So I found out that shit expands in your stomach or something crazy <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, I just live living, living the frugal life, which was like, it really taught me a lot about, you know, how to go from like, you know, zero dollars to your bank account to a hundred to a thousand to 2000. Like, and I got a high off of seeing those numbers. Like I was like, Oh yeah, but I, I couldn't understand. Like I wasn't, I was just like, I was living for the savings account, not living for life. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I would just get my rush from seeing numbers in my bank account. And, uh, I remember this very, very, very clearly. And it was the first kind of time that, you know, I was, you know, shooken a little bit, never really under, didn't understand abundance yet, but understood that like how I was thinking about stuff might've been a little bit flawed. Um, my sister at the time, you know, five years younger than me, like I'm her big brother. Um, she asked me for, for money for a winter jacket. Um, and I remember in the moment, not even being slightly open to the idea. Like I was just like, no, I can't, I can't get you a winter jacket. Like and she was just like, okay, well, I just, I thought I'd ask, like, um, you know, I really wanted this jacket. It's only like 200 bucks or 300 bucks or whatever. This time I, at this point, at this moment in life, I have like, I have thousands in my bank account, like, but I have a plan and I don't even, I didn't even actually have a plan for it. I was just like, mm. I need to save money. Like that's all I knew I needed to do was 100%. I need to save money, had no plans on what I was going to do with the money. And then saying no to family members and people that were like trying to like get a little bit of a lead who are also like deep down the rabbit hole of scarcity like right. um she's asking for a winter jacket for the year like come on it's freezing um and i remember calling my brother and and, and it, I, I almost felt frustrated at the time too because i was working my tail off and i just felt like it was just like such an easy phone call for some people someone to just call you and be like hey can i have this i'm like and i felt offended by you know like i was i was offended by her asking and mm. just considering like how much how how hard i had to work to get that money to save that money and he was like, he was like, Anna, but she's your little sister. And I was like, yeah, I know. But like, I, like, I, I worked really hard and blah, 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 blah. And I'm giving him the whole spiel. Um, and it's like, and he was just like, I want to tell you something, Anna. He's like, at the end of the day, you know, if you like died right now, the government would just take that money and run with it. Right? Like there's no, 
there's nothing happens with that. It doesn't go. He's like, unless you've written a will out, unless you've said, Hey, this money go to here. It's like, it just gets deleted. Um, and like, you can't die. You, you only die on, on this planet. You only die with impact. You don't, you know, money doesn't come with you. All that's left is who you've touched, who you've inspired, who you've helped, what you've done for people. Uh, and he's like, so just be conscious of that. Like, you know, it's, it's your little sister. She, she, she looks up to you. She's this, she's that. And it was the first time that I was like, cause before that moment, I was just like, my plan was very, like, I was set on my plan, make as much money as possible, save all of it, give it to nobody. Um, <laughs> And, uh, and then wait till you get to, you know, you have X, you don't even know. I don't even have a number, just get just to keep, a number, just keep going. And see then that bank account rise. Like you said that you were living for the bank account, not living for life. Literally. And it was the first time I remember hanging up that phone call with my brother and him like kind of just rocking my world a little bit. He kind of let me, he made me realize how crazy I sounded. Like your little sister just asked you for a favor and you weren't even slightly open to it. You didn't even like say, what can I move around? Like, I didn't even try to like be like, okay, cool. If I did this, what would happen? It was just a no, hard no. And I was like, damn, man. And I remember um, calling him a couple of years later and being like, hey man, thanks for that conversation. Like, mm. uh, I think I was, I was thinking about the money thing a little bit too, too intensely. Um, but yeah, that was kind of the first kind of conversation where I realized like, Oh, I'm deep in this scarcity rabbit hole. Like I'm not even willing to, I feel like it's so scarce that I'm not even willing to give it a family member. Like it mm -hmm. is, it is, I, I feel that scared of life that I'm like, everything is fight or flight. You know what I mean? Um, and that was kind of my first kind of flag for, understanding what scarcity was but it wasn't until i started traveling that i understood what you know living an abundant life was and, mm. it, and it, it, that was kind of when i was like oh because at that point going back a little bit when my brother had that conversation with me and i said no to my sister i didn't even know what the word scarcity was i understood i understood what i i understood my behavior but i didn't understand that i was in a mindset i was trapped in a mindset like i didn't know what i was trapped in i just was like that's what felt right to me was no like and then it wasn't until later on, I realized like, oh my Lord, you were like in such a scarce mindset. That's why you acted that way. That's mm -hmm. why you said that to her. And that's why you, you know, you, you shut down so fast. Um, it wasn't and until I, a couple of years later, I figured out, oh, that's what scarcity means. Oh. We're, right. And we're not taught scarcity or, or abundance. What are those words? Like the only words that we grow up with is rich and poor. There's yeah. not even like, we don't even really talk about middle. We just say you're either rich or are you're poor. There's only two options. So no wonder, like we have no idea what a mindset around money is. It's just, you have it or you don't. Uh, just before you continue with your story, the, I think some people might hear this is that you had money. Mm -hmm. That's the, that's the interesting part about this abundance and scarcity mindset. It's not whether you have, or you have it or have, have it, or you don't have it. It's about how you're thinking about it. And you had thousands of dollars in the bank account and yet weren't willing to spend it. So that could be perceived as, oh, I'm abundant. I have a lot of money. But it's not it because you're you're white knuckling it. You're holding on to it so aggressively um, and not willing to share it, which says, I don't know if I will have this um, in the long run. So I need to make sure that it is there later so that I feel safe in knowing that. Um, and that's that's the scarce mindset. That's the scarcity of it. It's like, oh, it might not be around. So I better hold on to it. Exactly. I mean, you said you said it there best. It's like, I think that to really understand scarcity and abundant, uh, the, the differences in the mindset is like, it's not about how you feel when you have it. It's how you feel if you lose it. Mm. That tells you more about what mindset you're in. You know what I mean? 
like people who live in an abundant mindset, they're okay with losing time and money for things that better them as a person, like that can help them. They're okay with the, the losses that come with, you know, spending time, spending money somewhere, taking somebody out for coffee. Like it's just, they, they believe that these efforts and these losses in the short term will amount to something later on. Like it's, mm-hmm. they're okay with letting it go and seeing what could come from letting it go, you know? Um, the opposite is the idea that I'm going to hold on to it so tight and only take the opportunities that um, come my way, right? And not, like never use never use any of my money or my time to invest in future opportunities. Just maybe maybe they might go wrong. They might you might fail. It might not work out. But it's the effort, right? It's the exchange for effort. Um, and I think that like even an abundant mindset person would go and spend money and lose it and be like, Oh, it's okay. It was worth the loss. Or like, you know, I learned something about it and they use it as like, you know, another way to step to the right or step to the left versus mm-hmm. a scarce person would, will be very, and this is why I know I'm a scarce person. It would be very analytical, very, very, yes. like, think about every decision, be like, okay, I'm going to spend $10, like Full control. through the whole entire process. Right. If you just think about life, right. If you just think about life for a split second, you just take these two individuals, say they both have the same amount of money. One has a scarce mindset. One has a, you know, abundant mindset. Um, every single decision that this person with the scarce mindset, if they're going through that many thinking this, that, that, what if, what do I have? What if this happens? What if this happens? By the time you've made one decision, this abundant person has made four or five and have just like, has moved on to the next thing. Like spent it, lost it, spent it, lost it. Cool. Use those two lessons to understand how I want to think about this moving forward. Boom, 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 boom. Navigating through life, moving through it. You know what I mean? Because it's always another opportunity will show up in the universe is like, you know, full of opportunities. Just, you know, be a good person, try all those things, learn from your failures, keep it moving just just that example in itself is is what allowed me to just be like oh okay i'm 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 not living as full of a life as i could live just by simply because i i'm too scared of losing or i'm too scared of failing um cuz mm-hmm. cuz you've you've been down so long that it's like you don't want to go back there ever again right? right like that's really why you're scared of failing when i go when i look in the mirror and i go why are you scared of failing or why are you scared of losing it's like you've lost for so long that it's, you're just, you don't want to be there anymore. Right. It's different than people who haven't maybe come from like a, you know, a poor background or whatever. And it's not generational. Um, you know, it's easier for you to be like, okay, things are going to be okay tomorrow. I can just roll the dice here, take a risk. It's fine. Like, you know, but when you don't have as much house money to play with, uh, you have to actually actively tell yourself like, I'm going to choose abundance. And that's where I'm at in my life and my journey is like, I Mm. have to, I am riddled with scarcity. I have to choose abundance. It's not something that like it's active work every single day, Mm -hmm. every single day to be like, I'm choosing abundance. I'm choosing to think that there is, there is, there is enough money in this world. There is enough clients in this world. Like Mm -hmm. the idea that you wake up and go, there's no more clients. Everybody's taken up. (laughs) No, man. No, you have to choose to be like, there is clients, how do I find them and start focusing on the strategy around what you're going to do about it versus, you know, if it exists or doesn't exist. Absolutely. It's, it's in the knowing that there's seven over 7 billion people. We're pushing 8 billion people in this world. And we live in this space where we feel like there's still not going to be enough of things when we're 8 billion people deep. Like, yes, of course there is 
<clears throat> things that are happening in the world that are making that harder, but it's so different. It's, we don't live in a lot of the areas that don't provide that opportunity. And so there is an endless amount of opportunity in the spaces that we live. And so allowing that to land and being like, okay, like there is more money that's going to be presented and money will never actually be a problem because really money runs the world. So money will always be there. And clients will always be there. People will always be looking for things. People will always need other people. So um, they will always eventually need me in some way. Like it's always there, but it's, it's tough when you've lived in a space and I've lived one similar where it feels like that's actually not true. Like it doesn't feel like that's been presented to me. So we just hold on to it so deeply. And then what you were saying is I won't start to venture into other things or try again, because there's a belief that we won't be able to do it like we didn't the first time or that we won't be able to come the way you did the first time. And that limits us even further and keeps us in the scarcity mindset of, I just got to hold on to what I have right now. Cause if I lose what I have right now, I have absolutely nothing and I won't have anything in the future. And it's such a tough mindset to break for sure. It takes a lot of work, but breaking free of that is like, it's almost like quitting a job, right? You have, we have this careers for let's say 10, 15 years. And to think that I can quit this job now after 15 years and get a new one because of abundance. I mean, it sounds like fluff, right? It sounds because it's scary as, as hell and it doesn't make sense. Wait a second. I've had this safety net for 15 years and now you're saying I could do other things. Well, that doesn't click for me. I only know this. So why would I venture into something different when I know this, this is safe. And it's this need for safety that sometimes limits us in our ability to evolve and grow and find new adventures and find new opportunities for life and possibly a new opportunities that could even further better our lives financially, spiritually, emotionally, whatever, mentally, whatever. And for me, there's an example that comes to me where um, I was talking to, uh, I think it was my, my aunt and we were having a conversation about um, her husband and her husband had been in, in a work related space for a really long time. And something that happens a lot of time, at least in my space, but I think a lot of times in the man space is that once we start to hate our work, um, it already automatically feels as if we're exhausted by our work. And he was the same way. It was this idea that I'm exhausted by this work, but it was more about, I hate, I hate my job. Not my job is exhausting. It's exhausting in the sense of I go to somewhere I don't like every single day and I just keep doing it over and over again. And so what I found out recently was that he actually left this job. And I was, I was so taken aback, not in the sense of like, I never thought he would do it in the sense of he did it. And he was willing to say, okay, there might not be money coming in now, but I have a nest egg and I'm good for a little while. And I'm going to start exploring myself. And all I could think about was, see, that's abundance. That's abundance mindset right there. That is saying that more will come to me. That is, that is being willing to have some sort of idea in your, in your mind or a mindset that this is not the end. Like if I don't have all of what I have now, the thousands of dollars in my nest egg, more is coming. More is coming. And I want to give another example about abundance that, that rocked me was I was going for coffee with a friend when I was living in Toronto and we went for a walk and we found a Starbucks and we walked in and we ordered our coffee and I was fully ready to pay for both coffees. And next thing I know, she pulls out her card and she pays for both. I was like, Oh, like you didn't have to do that, but thank you so much. And her response was, Oh yeah, no worries. Every dollar I spend, I believe two comes back. And I, I just, I was, I sat there stunned for a second and I'm like, 
no, that's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> My life is proven to be so. I spend a dollar, I have zero. Like I don't have two. What are you talking about? And that has sat with me for the last year or so that time has passed. And it is just this knowing that she was living in, this, um, this belief, this full faith that if I spend a dollar on this coffee, that somehow two will come back to me because I live abundantly. And I was in disbelief for the entire walk. We didn't actually end up addressing it because I was like, well, let's not get into my insecurities here. Let's, <laughs> let's not talk about my financial insecurities right now and my scarcity mindset. But it was just such power. Like it was so effortless and flow, um, flow filled. And I was so impressed by someone who could just say, I'm going to spend this dollar and two will come back. And this does also not to say that she wasn't working hard or that she wasn't putting in effort or continuing to move the needle forward. It was just this knowing that uh, I can spend money freely and it will also come back to me in the same form. And so living with this idea on her end, I came back to Calgary and from one of the most financial struggles I've had in my lifetime, I was one of the worst. I had no money. I was really deep, deep into debt. I, um, for full truth and honesty, my car got repossessed, like everything was falling apart for me. So I had to make a decision and I moved back to Calgary where it's much more affordable to live. And in that process, um, something shifted in me and it said, I don't know how this is going to work. I just know it will. And this was where abundance started to show up for me. In that entire month, I had to come up with a ton of money to navigate this trip, to navigate the move back, and to also pay the remaining amount of rent that I owed. But I had no money coming in. We're in, we're in lockdown. There's no money coming in. So I was like, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it will. And I remember there was a moment, a pinnacle moment, where I put my couch up for sale. And it wasn't selling. And as soon as it stopped, like getting traction, like all the other things I had sold were, I started to fall back into my old pattern. And I said, see, it's not going to work. You're going to have to, you know, go farther into debt with uh, your bank or people. You're going to go into more scarce mind, like more scarcity. It's not going to work. You're not going to be able to sell this. So drop the price, get whatever you can for it, and then move on. And I sat there for that with that thought. And I just remember almost having a breakdown about it. Like, oh, I've come so far and I almost got there and I couldn't do it. And then that same day, I got on the phone and I had a conversation about this and I expressed this, these feelings. And that was it. I just expressed the feelings. There was, there's no result because the couch isn't selling. And as soon as I got off that phone, as soon as I had let that out of me, let it go, let it release for a moment. I got two messages about that couch for the price I had posted it. Two. One pulled out right away and the other said, hey, do you live in this building? Which was the building I was living in. And I was like, yeah, I do. Why? And they're like, they called me instantly. And I was like, what the hell? So I answered the phone. So weird. They don't call you. They just want to text you. They call me. And they're like, hey, like the couch is still available, right? And I'm like, absolutely. Um, it's selling for this much. And they're like, that's so amazing. Um, my friend is moving into your building. If you're okay with it, they'll come today and they'll just move it floors. They'll grab it from your house and they'll go up 10 floors. The same building, Anwar. Not across the city, not even across the street, the same damn building. And I just remember sitting there like in absolute disbelief. And I sat on my couch one last time and I said, what in the hell just happened? 
And if I wasn't open to that, I would have been like, yeah, see, told you so I can do this. But it wasn't about that. It was look at the power of releasing things to the universe and allowing it to work in your favor in whatever way it chooses to do so. And it was one of the most real and raw moments of my life where I said, whoa, you really can live in abundance. You really have abundance. Not even you can live in abundance. You are abundant. Just as a person, as a human, you are abundant in all areas. How wild of a life it would be if you continue to live this way. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And I came to Calgary and I continued on that journey. And in, in the concept of abundance still, now that I've tried to keep that mindset, it creeps in. Scarce mindset creeps in all the damn time. I white knuckle my money still all the time. And then I have to release that and allow things to flow. Money in, money out. Money in, money out. And now I'm in one of the best financial positions I've been in in five years, if not longer. And it blows me away to this day thinking that it, all it took was what four months, five months for all of that to transpire. But it took one moment for me to be like, oh, you're an abundant human being. You are abundance. You don't seek abundance. You are abundant. Huh. Well, that's weird. That's a weird feeling. All of a sudden there's like a weight lifted, you know, mm-hmm. the weight lifted off of your life. And it's not to say that I still don't have debt or that I still don't have, you know, some struggles or I don't fear buying things. All of that happens, but I'm able to move through those and be like, yeah, but money in, money out. Mm-hmm. And the same goes for anything else on my life. Love in, love out. Joy in, joy out. Like there's an abundance of all of things. This is not just a financial conversation. This is a life conversation, life in, life out. Like there's so much abundance in all areas of life, friends in, friends out. Like it will always find its way to you as long as I stay open to it. But as soon as I start to hold on to it too tightly, like our identities, that's where things start to go wrong. Yeah, you, 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 one thing that you said there that was one word. Um, it, it, you can't be abundant and closed. You got to mm. be open. Mm-hmm. And it's the word open. Like, I remember my boss telling me one time too, um, he's like, you know, he, he, after he gave me the whole, the whole spiel about like what to do this, the strategy, right? Like the, you're going to do this, you're going to do this, you're going to do this. And I remember how we ended it all. He was just kind of like, and then you just got to like, believe what's possible. Like just believe, like believe the unthinkable. He's like, like it was this idea of like, those are all the strategies, but on top of all of that, you just got to believe that like anything is possible. Like anything is possible. And then he would try to give me examples, right? Like he'd be like, this happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. And then this happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. And this happened. I didn't think it was going to happen. Same thing with the couch, right? Like mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I posted it and it's not going to happen, right? And how many times, you know, have, can, can we say, even in our, in, our, in our own examples where somebody comes up with an idea like, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sell the couch for like 250 And all the scarce mindset people in the room are just like, buddy, no way. Like immediately, just such a negative perception of life of just like, no chance, no chance. And how many people, so I know offered me like 50 bucks, hundred bucks. They were like, you're not selling that for that much money. So I don't like, just, just, I'll take it off your hands for a hundred. And I was like, this is absolutely wild. But how easy could I have been to just say, oh yeah, don't worry. I'll play small. Two scarce mindsets can get along. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, two scarce mindsets can get along, but when you, because you're ultimately attracting people with an abundant mindset in your life too, right? 
Like that right. person saw it as like, yeah, this couch might cost a little bit more, but who cares? Money in, money out. It's in the same building. Like, let's just do it. You know what I mean? And then they're like, it's okay. I spent maybe $200 more than I wanted on this couch, but it'll come back for me in a different way. Right. Exactly. It's, 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 it's this, it's this ebb and flow, but the biggest word that you had, you kind of highlighted there was open. Like, I think that that is, you have to be open to the possibilities, um, you know, um, and it, it plays into the statement, like, um, acting as if, right. And this is kind of leading into the manifestation conversation and the law of attraction. It's acting as if, so if I were in that space of selling that couch, continuing on that example, if I was acting as if it's not going to sell, why would it sell? If I was acting as if I'm not getting 250, well, then I'm not getting 250. It's literally as simple as that. And when we start to really reflect on our lives and say, okay, how does this play out already? Don't worry about the future and, and changing the mindset yet. Just reflect and look back at where, let's say you were trying to sell something or you were looking for more or whatever, and start to reflect on how you were thinking in that moment. Were you actually believing in the fact that it would happen? Or were you like, yeah, you know, it might, I'm not, I, I don't know, I hope. Um, but with the hope, there's still this underlying belief of no, it's not happening. Right? It's not a hope of, ah, oh, yeah, I hope, I, have, I hope and I have faith. It's, you know, I hope. Mm-hmm doesn't sound very empowering, nor does it sound like an actual belief in what you're saying. And so that's where it comes in is, is yes, the beliefs are hard to create. And yes, we're breaking an old belief and creating a new one. And it's going to take practice, but it's being willing to stand in that truth of knowing like this will work out for me in whatever fashion it chooses to. But that's where you said the closed, focusing on that word closed versus open um, is very similar to um, focusing on having control versus having faith. It is, are we holding on to it in such a controlling fashion that it needs to be a specific way? I have to sell this couch by this day in this way. I have to get this job by this day in this way. And if it doesn't happen that way, then all hell is broken loose and everything is shit. And that is where the lack of faith and belief in self comes in um, is because we're so focused on controlling the narrative. When life doesn't allow us to do that, we know this every single day. There's something new every single day. There's something that shakes us or catches us off guard. And you know, this to be true. Hardcore in the recruiting space is this constantly changing. And if it were to be a specific way, it would be the wrong way because the right way is the fact that it's out of control is the way that it's ungrounded, but it's also grounded in the ungroundedness. Like it's this, this rooting and knowing that nothing is actually the, nothing is actually constant. It's all ever changing, but we, really, I think the ego really at the end of the day is what loves that control. And the ego creates a scarce mindset that creates even more control. It's just this, this rat race, this battle between our self inner conflict, the ego creating scarcity, scarcity, creating lack of action or lack of belief. And it's, it's so tough to get out of that. Yeah. I think that, you know, piggybacking kind of the, the control conversation there, like, I think it's important to control your efforts and, and not control your results. You know, mm-hmm. that, that's, that's what I think is, um, I like that. Yeah. The, the real kind of way around, you know, what I think truly being abundant in bodies is that like when you're an individual who, you know, you control your results or sorry, you control your efforts, you focus every single day on, you know, how you're showing up, what you're doing, um, how you're going to go about it. You know, you're, you're really in control of your, your efforts. Um, but you leave the results up to, uh, up to the results you know what i mean if you've if you've put in the right effort then the i think i think in in a lot of ways in life you get what you deserve you know you get what's coming for you um 
and uh, especially in the ways of like abundant mindset, like you talk about your goals and the things that you, like, there's a lot of people who, you know, want a six pack, but don't want to put in six pack effort, you know, or, or who want, um, you know, but if you are somebody who is controlling your efforts and you show up to um, your job and your gym and your nutrition and your health and your, and you show up to those things with, you know, constant effort uh, and you control that effort as best as you can then some of the dominoes are going to fall in your favor, you know, but like you said, being abundant and closed or being abundant or like, you know, even when you go to the, you know, if you're like, hopefully this works out, you know, the, the, the intention, if it's the intention yeah. is not pure, it also will not work, you know, and that's where we're getting into this a little bit of like, people are like, oh man, what are you talking about? It's so it sounded a little bit woohoo now, but like, I truly believe that it's like, if you're putting in good work and you're a good person, and you genuinely have faith that things are going to work out for you, then some dominoes are going to fall in your favor. But if you're someone who puts in a great effort, great work, but you're slightly pessimistic about it working out, it's, there's something that it, it's, it's felt. It's felt. Mm -hmm. And I think the best example I'm going to give this, I'm going to talk about this to men. Let's just get out of money. This is a cool example that I heard. Um, and it's about, you know, dating and girls. Mm. someone was saying one of the one of the videos that i watched the, the guy was saying when you're when you're a guy and you're in the dating world and you get that chick and you know maybe she was a little bit a little bit hotter than you thought you could get or was a little bit more cool than you thought and like you're like oh my god this is like i don't think i'm gonna get this again right and you start grit you start holding on tight because you think this is it this is the one i gotta what happens Nine times out of 10, she feels that suffocation and she's gone, right? Um, and so tying that into scarcity and abundant, the way example he gave is he was like, you know, women in dating is kind of like opening your palm and, and letting a butterfly land on it, right? And you can just, just admire her beauty, you know, admire that she's there. But the second you close your hand and try to hold it in there and suffocate it, that butterfly wants to get the hell out, Right? And having a scarce mindset, that's what it does is it closes your hand to the things that come your way. It grabs things. It like, it, it, it creates, a, it, it gives it a bigger meaning than it actually should have. It's just, a, it's just an experience. It's just an individual, right? And really what you do when you like, you know, let that person breathe and live and exist. People who you give an opportunity to leave are the ones that choose to stay. And I thought that that was so beautiful because it's like the amount of times that even in my life where, you know, I've met somebody and I'm like, maybe have gripped a little bit too strong, they could feel it. Right. Mm -hmm. And you don't even know. Like, so that's why I'm saying like intentions are felt. That's why you don't know. It's it, the universe knows when you're bullshitting it and when you're telling the truth, when you're being genuine with your actions and when you're not, it, it's, it's very, it's very transparent to the universe. You can't trick the universe. Mm -hmm. um, but that is an example of like, damn. When, when the butterfly knows it can just take off anytime it wants and you've given it that space of like, hey, I'm enjoying your presence. I'm really happy that you're here. I think you're X, Y, Z, but you're free to go as well. And that's what an abundant person would think is like, this, this is here. It could go. It could stay. Mm -hmm. I'm okay with either or. Right? A scarcity person goes, nah, this has never happened before. Holds it, suffocates this butterfly. And the butterfly just weasels its way out and leaves. And I think that if you can think about life that way, where are you holding on too tight? Like, where are you grabbing on a little bit too tight, squeezing it? Do you have a deal that, you know, 
going back to kind of the recruitment space. And it's so true when, when I've been working on the most things, when I have had so many, like I've been working on a lot of roles, more of them close, not even just because of volume, but because of how you're acting towards it. You're less worried about the one happening. And you're like, oh, cool. There's five of them going on right now. So you're mm-hmm. just like, you entertain them honestly. You're like, hey, this could happen. So you, you show up without that pressure of like, hey, so do you think you want the job? Or where you're so intense and they can feel it and they feel like, yeah. oh, the sales, the, the sales part comes out and they can feel <laughs> like, oh man, this might be this guy's only client. Like, you know what right. I mean? But when you loosen that grip a little bit and you just live in a, that little flow state of just like, hey, if this happens, it's cool. If it doesn't, I got this one I'm working on. I got this one I'm working on. I got this one I'm working on, right? The hard part is to, is to be abundant when your actual plate is scarce. <laughs> like mm-hmm. when you actually have a little on your plate. Right. It's easy. How many times can you go on one of these podcasts or listen to these people who are like, I live an abundant life. And you look around, I'm like, dude, you have everything. Of course, you live an abundant life. Like the challenge here is to be abundant when your life is scarce because you're making up something. That's the challenge, right? And so that's why it's it's constant effort and exercises because when I look around, I'm like, oh, I'm not exactly where I want to be. Things around me still feel very scarce. You still, I'm still getting those phone calls. It's not a mm-hmm. jacket anymore. I still receive those phone calls, Right. And so it's, it's, it's the idea of take those phone calls and do the best that you can with those phone calls because the world is abundant, right? Give them what they need. If, if, you, if you can stomach it and you can afford it, don't be, don't be so caught up in you know, holding on to things. Let it go. Let it flow. Because mm-hmm. you're going to alleviate a lot of concern for that person. And, and if you're in an abundant mindset, you know, the universe will reward you for that. Oh, cool. You helped that person. Cool. I'm going to help you. And then you just kind of live in that. But I think holding on too tight is um, also, you know, uh, one of the the backbones of a scarce mindset is just the idea that anything that happens to you, whether it's uh, you got a job promotion, money, a girl enters your life, um, you know, you, oh, for example, like you say, you say you've just been super, super healthy, right? You're super, super healthy and you're going to the gym, you're going to basketball and every day you go to the gym, all you're carrying in your mind is, I just don't want to get injured. 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 Like, I just don't want to get hurt. I just don't want to get hurt. I just want to be, I just want to be good. I'm healthy right now. Like it's all good. You're showing up with so much already predetermined information that mm-hmm. you're probably going to get hurt. At that point, you're just asking for it. You just, you're literally just asking for it, which is like, you know, going into the manifestation conversation that we're talking about. But right. You know, as you, you will get what you ask for. And, and sometimes, um, because you're probably you're you're saying that with so much conviction too. Mm-hmm. You're like, please don't get hurt. Please. please don't. Like you mean it, right? And it's like, okay. Other than focusing on just like, I'm just happy I'm healthy. And if I get mm-hmm. hurt, it's cool. We'll bounce back. And you know, just being open to the idea of like, hey, injuries are a part of life. And if you're gonna play sports, that is a possibility. But I'm not gonna focus on that. I'm gonna go out there, have a good time. Right. Um, where it's like the uh like people in sports happen all the time where they they get a catastrophic injury and they can't bounce back from the injury because they can't unsee it in their own mind Mm -hmm. they're so scared of it happening again that they can't get into what they used to do because they can't get into that space anymore because they're like they're so scared right there's a there's a scarcity there right they're so like intimidated by that that feeling that comes with you know what happened Mm -hmm. um yeah it's I was reading some of my notes uh, I've written about what I feel like manifestation has come from and a lot of things that I've learned and what you're speaking on right there for context for me is the manifestation 
uh, or so law of attraction is followed by uh, law of vibration. So how we're vibrating through this world. So when you were talking about, oh, I don't want to get this injury or another example, would be, oh, like I don't want this relationship to end or, oh, I don't want this money to go or, oh, like I don't want to lose that job. The chances of all of that happening is now raised because that's where your focus is. It is the, the centered focus. If I feel like I'm not going to have more money, then I won't. Or I'll hold on to all of the money because I am telling myself like I don't want to lose it. And it's that idea of what we focus on is what comes to, to fruition. It, that's the vibrational aspect of things. So if I were to focus on like, oh, you know, more money is coming, then more money comes. It may not be in the exact fashion that I was looking for, but that's again, where I feel like I have to overly control the outcome. I have to overly control the processes of life and manifestation challenges that abundance challenges that. And it says, can you relinquish that and be open to these ideas? And um, when I was struggling financially, I was, oh, I really want to get out of debt. I really need to get out of debt. And that whole time, what was my conversation surrounding? Debt. It wasn't focused on financial abundance. It wasn't focused on more money. It was focused on the money that I didn't have. It was focused on the debt. Oh, I need to get out of debt. I need to pay this debt, 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 debt. I kept saying the word debt. And what happened? Oh, look at that. I built more debt <laughs> on the process of trying to tell myself I need to get out of debt because it was the way in which I was speaking to myself and what that created as a belief is that debt was always around me. It was always a topic of conversation. So therefore, the vibration I was saying was uh, one filled with debt and scarce, scarcity mindset. And then relinquishing that it was money is coming or money is flowing to me always. If I were to believe that, then I would be able to still pay off debt in that process, but it's not the revolving conversation I'm having with myself or with other people. It's just saying money is always flowing to me and I'm open to receiving it in any way it chooses to arrive. And albeit I say that in, in what sounds like a beautiful, well-articulated way, but that is a hard, that was hard for me to do. And that's where the breaking free of the belief of that things are not arriving as they should uh, is. I need them to show up in a specific way. And also too, I was, I love the word good. And I'll go obviously give context to this. I love the word good. How are you good? Um, how's things good? How is your call good? Always good. And what I do in that process and something that I was reflecting on in my notes is that good can sometimes get in the way of best. And what that is reminding me of is that I'm not open to the opportunity of best or better. Things are just always good because I fear too much because what will I do with that? It's like the infinite power game. Um, we're not scared of, uh, oh my gosh, that coach Carter quote, you know what I'm talking about? We're scared of yeah. um, all that we could be. We're scared of mm -hmm. our power. So that's what it plays into too. But manifestation says, listen, I'll give you more if you're open to it. Abundance says, I'll give you more if you're open to it. I wrote here, um, good can sometimes get in the way of best. We often say it can't get better than this. And that vibration says it won't. Even though it could, I don't know if it could, but I don't believe it could. So whatever I have now, it can't get better than this. But life is always trying to give a shit. Life is always giving a shit. Everywhere we look, it's always giving us stuff, love, friends, the conversation we were looking to have, uh, a mirror back to where we could grow, um, more opportunity here or there, but we deny it because we're good with where we are. It's good. Can't get better than this. We're good. It's good. There's no evolution on top of that. Um, but abundance is saying the opposite. Abundance says, no, there is more. 
There is always more. And it's not to say that you should be selfish about it or greedy about it. It's just being open to the fact that there always is more. And sometimes that is on the other side of a choice you need to make. When I made, like I said, the decision to make to Calgary, I had no idea what was in store for me. None. All I knew was I'll figure it out and it will come to me. That's what I had to start to believe because I was the other way I was thinking was not working. It got me into that position in the first place. I had to change something. And because I couldn't change the way finances were coming in, I had to change my mindset around what that looked like. And I had to change my mindset around a lot of this stuff. And yes, we know we talk about mindset a lot and mindset is uh, the revolving thing, but it really mindset is a belief. It's a belief in that things are coming. It's a belief that things are moving. But one thing that I do want to conversate about is that manifestation and abundance are very um, flowing words, right? Like manifestation and abundance require an element of flow. And speaking in masculine and feminine energy, uh, masculine is the direction, it's the assertive, it's the corralling, and the, the feminine is the flow. The feminine energy is the flowing aspect of, of these words. It's allowing things to flow. And I got to be honest with you, in my history, in my journey with this, I put up a lot of resistance to the idea of flow. And what I recognize in that process is it's because my masculine norm says, find, find the control, find the structure, find the foundation of it all. Um, forget the flow because the foundation and the structure of it all feels safer. I don't understand what flow is. Flow feels wrong in my body. Flow, flow, flow feels wrong in my mind. So I reject it. And this is one of the reasons why manifestation and abundance were so hard for me. So I, the reason I bring that up is because I was wondering if you had a similar experience with um, rejecting this idea of just allowing things to flow and being open to it. I mean, I think you articulated it there beautifully. Like, I think that, you know, for me, it's also been a matter of trying to find that control, find that structure, you know, A must lead to B, B must lead to C. And then you get to C and you're like, where's D? Like, it's supposed to be here, right? Right. Um, and when, when that process fails you a couple of times, you start to become really, really cynical. You start to become really, really pessimistic. Uh, you start, you, you stop to believe in, uh, you know, that you can't manifest things. Um, I used to often say when I was younger, like I didn't have a, when I was, I was one of those people when I was like in university, high school, any of those kind of ages, um, anytime there was like a raffle or like a draw or like we're picking a name out of a hat. Didn't matter what it was, I was not getting picked. I was not getting picked. And there would be these people, you're just like, do you, do you literally have like a four leaf clover in your wallet at all times? <laughs> like, how do you always win these right. things? And it's, it's weird because it's like, when you, when I think back to some of these people that I used to always be like, you always win. They just always believe that they could win. Like they always felt like I could win. Like I, I, I always win. Like I always, I, I always get this. And I would be every time in that raffle, like I'd be holding those tickets with so much negative energy. Like mm -hmm. not even a little bit of myself would believe that I would win. I'd just be like, no, nah, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I, it's like, they would, it's like they guess would the marbles, the I guess 147, but I know that's wrong. Yeah. You know, <laughs> all the time, man. And I, you carry that with you, right? Like as you get older, you carry that negative energy with you. Like where you're always like, you know, you can't have like this, this idea that luck, uh, nothing lucky happens to you. Like only, only things that you do will happen to you. Mm -hmm. Luck is never on your side. It's not all right. you don't live a luck life. And what that lacks is gratitude, right? What that lacks is you don't see where you've been lucky, right? Mm -hmm. Where you, where you, where you've been. And when you start, when you start, you know, and this is how we're going to shift this into like practice, right? Cause I think those are two nice flowy words, but what does it mean, right? You said, a word, you said one word that really resonates, mindset. 
how do you think about these things, right? How do you think? Do you think with a scarce mindset? Do you think with an abundant mindset? Once you kind of figure that out, then it's like, okay, cool. How are you able to see abundance? One thing to think about abundance, to see it is a whole nother thing, right? And I think that the, the gateway to that, the bridge to that is gratitude. When you're grateful for things, when you see that, you know, you went to the airport, you timed it all up, it, you're a little bit late, you get there and the lady there is like, uh, it's okay, fine, we'll get you through. And then your bag is like, you know, two pounds overweight and she's like, it's okay, we'll put it through. When you don't see that as abundance, when you're just, when you don't see that as the universe like hooking you up, mm-hmm. then we're missing something, right? Then then you're now, you're, you're, you're literally, you're, you're the type of person who's never going to see abundance then, right? Because it's like, you can't even appreciate that small little, you shouldn't have, you should have had to pay more. She should have had to charge you. you. You probably should have missed this flight, right? But if you don't ever sit down in that moment when you're on the plane and go, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Like, and see mm-hmm. that moment, like it's going to go well, it's going to go well. It's the same people that don't appreciate those moments that are the ones that are like, life has no opportunities, life has no. So to me, it's kind of like, hey, let's start looking at the times where, you know, there was a little bit of an opportunity for you or a, a store was closing and you showed up at closing time. And the lady could have closed the door and you were like, oh, I, I just need this one thing. And she's like, okay, cool, go inside, right? We don't care about that because that's not what we want. We want money, we want relationships, we want, but we don't notice all of those small windows that that happened. Or when you get a red light ticket and you go and argue it and they let you off the hook. Mm-hmm. Like we see that as like, oh, like, you know, if you're if you if you don't actually appreciate those moments in life for what they really are, they will get in the way of what you really want. 100 percent And that's, that's such, where- such a beautiful example. And and where I was what I was thinking about in processing this moment is the point where you said thank you. Right, you didn't sit in that 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 seat in that airplane and say, "I am so grateful this all happened." You said, "Thank you," and thank you for me just feels so much more powerful than I am grateful that all of this just worked out in this way. Thank you is literally an expression of gratitude. It's like if you were to say something kind to me, I would say thank you. I wouldn't say I'm so grateful you said that to me. I would say thank you because thank you is in is a, in recognition of something being served to me in some way. And that's one of the things that I've done with my practice for gratitude in the morning is I will do gratitude. I will say, I am grateful for these things, but then I'll also say, thank you for other things. Thank you for bringing this into my life. Thank you for giving me this, or in the space of acting as if I'll say, thank you for the financial abundance. I've been saying that for eight to nine months now over every single morning. Thank you for the financial abundance. Thank you for the financial abundance, acting as if it's already there, thanking the universe for that, which is already going to be in my life. And allowing that to be, and that thank you has worked wonders for me because I'm act, it forces me to act as if that these things are, are happening, but not to get steered too far away from your story. Something that I also want to pull out of it was sometimes that can become an expectation though, right? Like you, you run late everywhere you go and someone one time says, oh, it's okay. No worries. Oh, it's okay. I got you this time. And then all of a sudden we build this like, oh, so that means they got us every time. No, that's not the lesson to be learned here. That's not to say that everything in that moment is going to work out that way. Then you're creating a control. You're putting control into the situation. I'll be late because they're fine with it. I'll do this because they're good with it. And they'll, they'll just be like, every time they'll be like, oh yeah, no worries. And I'll be like, thank you. That's, that's not what we're saying, right? You can't be late to every plane because the next time you do that, the plane will leave. <laughs> if you walk into a situation where we're like, it's fine. Like I, they worked last time, the plane will leave on you and you will pay a hundred dollars to get on a new one. You know, like it's not just, it's, it's about knowing that these things are being given to you in this order for this specific purpose for your life. 
Mm-hmm. They're, they're allowing you to get on this plane, not paying an extra 50 bucks for that luggage, not missing this plane. So you can get there to where you need to go in orderly fashion so that you, the journey of your life can continue in the way in which it was designed to do. And allowing that mindset to land, I think is one of the most beautiful things. If you don't get into the store late at night, when you're trying to get in, there's a reason for that. Maybe you're not supposed to buy that today and that's okay. But then we walk in an expectation like, oh, I'm abundant. Oh, I'm manifesting this stuff. So I'll walk up and they'll let me in. I just know it. And that's it right there. I just know it. And then because we know it, we believe it. Then they say no. Then we get pissed. Life is unfair. Life is unjust. Life is always doing me wrong. I thought this was happening. Manifestation works this way. Why didn't it work out this way? And therein again lies more problems, more resistance, more control, and more of not what you want. So allowing it to be like, oh, I'm going to go to this store. And if they're closed, that's okay. Because I know I'm running hella late. And if they let me in, hell yes, that's beautiful. And if they don't, that's also beautiful. You often even see people who, you know, what I see more often in those moments too, is the, the people who, even when they get the, the break, they're still like, I should have never been in that position in the first place. Like they're almost like, they're almost still angry that they got a break. You yeah. know what I mean? like, <laughs> they're, they're kind of still upset that, you know, they were given a, they were given a favor and things like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about you, but I've, I've, I, I, don't, I can't say that I've, I've been able to definitely manifest things into my life for mm-hmm. sure. Um, especially when I look back on it, uh, I'm like, Oh, cool. I, I was able to kind of manifest that. And I'm always like, kind of like, Oh damn. Like I've been thinking about this for a long time. It's here now. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but I've been around people who manifest that a clip that is like un unheard of, like, mm-hmm. and when I study those people and I look at those people, there's a couple of things that, that always comes to mind. One, these people have done such a good job of recognizing their blessings and where to be grateful and where, Mm -hmm. where their shortcomings are and all of that. Like they, they're very, they're on top of all of that. They know all of the the ups and downs. They're genuinely grateful for anything that happens to them. And they genuinely are okay with the good and the bad and the ugly. Um, Their mindset is definitely never in a scarce place. Always, always, always in an abundant place. They always believe that, um, literally like you said if the store is open it's okay if the store closed it's okay like it's literally okay everything is okay everything's gonna work itself out so they live in that place and we should like having this conversation i think most people kind of get that like you know okay cool this is the part that i think that's lost on people in manifesting you gotta know what you want Manifesting <laughs> randomly doesn't work. Oh, that's good. You gotta know what you want, man. Like it's not manifesting doesn't 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 work with the monkey mind. It does not care for the monkey mind. Like wanting something today and then wanting it tomorrow, and I want a pink pony, and like that just doesn't work in the manifesting world, like at all. These people are committed to the things that they want. They, they know what they want. They are devoted to it and they relentlessly control their efforts and let the results be the results on a constant day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And they don't think about this all the time either. They just set it 
and forget it. They go, that's what I'm going for. These are what's in, this is what's in my control. I'm going to hammer this out every single day until I eventually get what I want. And they also trust divine timing. They don't mm. care about their timing. Mm. Preach. They care. They, they, they trust that. They're like, you had my back. It's, it's almost like this, like they, I'm going to give a really weird, I'm going to give a really funny analogy here, but I love it because it's so accurate. It's like, if you are micromanaging the universe, it's not going to work. Because the universe can't be micromanaged. <laughs> you can't micromanage the universe. The universe wants to be empowered and wants, to, and wants you to trust it that it's like, don't tell me, give me a task and then tell me how to do the task. Just give me the task and get out of my way. Let me work with it. Let me do what I think is right with the task. Mm-hmm. Because I will pay attention to when your timing is right, when everything is good, all that stuff. And I think I've, I've been a victim of micromanaging the universe for a long time. Of being like, hey, um, can you give me this? And like, I need it like um, in like two weeks, uh, preferably. And like, and then being like, hey, universe, like, hello, hello, hello. Yo, remember that thing I gave you? Like, what's up, man? Like, I still need that. Like, can you, can you give me that? Like, I've done this. Right. I've done this. I've done this. Like, where is that? And. And think about it. Who likes to be micromanaged? None of us like to be micromanaged. Nope. Right? If you, to another human being who had, like, you know, you micromanaged, like, say you wanted a gift from your partner. And every day you were like, hey, what do you think about that gift? Or did you, did you want to you have any ideas? Like, when do you want to give me that gift? And you're just like, listen, shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give you the gift when I feel like I want to give you the gift. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and then, and then, and then all, in that weird exchange that we're having here in this metaphor, what we end up doing is that when we get that gift, sometimes in life we go, what took you so long? Yes. Oh my God. Here we go. And there goes the bigger conversation too, of like what expectations do to our lives. Uh, that had this way long ago. Yeah. Or someone Should've is like, Hey man, life's going, looks like life's going good for you. Yeah. Finally. Yes. That's a huge one. It's about damn time. Call the work I've been putting in. It's like, and yes, I get it. Yes. We've been putting in work and yes, you've been putting in effort and some, finally that is coming to fruition. Yes. But that whole time we were white knuckling the process. We were gripping it so hard to ensure that the results would come. And even if it was the result we desired, it doesn't feel good because we were not enjoying any of the aspect of allowing it to flow before that. We didn't actually believe it. Uh, it was scarcity. It's, it has to come. Not I want it to come or I hope it comes and I have faith that it will come. It's, it has to. It must. And that's a dangerous game to play sometimes is, is that, that idea because then we expect it to come in a specific way. And then we're not really happy with it when it comes a specific way anyway. We're just on to the next. And something that I want to add in here, just as like a, a good analogy with the idea of abundance and manifestation, using just allowing it all to kind of flow and be used in the way in which it's designed to be. Um, it's a bit on the concept of money again, but money, when we're talking about it, um, is just a gateway to living this human experience. It's all it is. It's not the end all be all. And I think that breaking free of a lot of these things of them being the end all be all is such a beautiful thing, not just money, um, but the career and the success and all that stuff. But something that I wrote was um, a money is just a tool, like a knife. A knife is also just a tool and the knife can be used in many different fashions. It can be used to kill another person 
or it can be used to cultivate and create something beautiful. It can be, it can be something to carve. And a murderer uses a knife to kill. Um, was it the knife that killed, did the killing? No. But just like a chef creates food, the knife didn't create the food. The chef did. It was just using the knife as the tool. And so latching on to some of these things that we have in life can be scary, scary because they are the end all be all. They are what we sometimes blame as well. We blame these things outside of what we are, what we are doing, our actions. And it's not that money is the problem. It's not that um, love is the problem or joy is the problem or other people. It's the problem. A lot of times, and I would say almost always, um, we're the problem. That's the hard truth. It's not other things outside of us. It's, it's us. And it can be easy, as I say that out loud, to be like, see, I told you I sucked. See, I told you I was shit. And no wonder these things aren't happening to me because look what you just said, I'm the problem. But you're also the solution. And that can change in any moment, at any time, whether we've done abundance and manifestation in our past or not, we can start today. We can always arrive in a new spot if we're willing to just move to the left or move to the right. You can always land at a new spot if you so choose. And I remember when I first learned about all of this, I was so shocked that I was already doing it. And a lot of people are. Here's an example that, that blew me away. I watched the movie, The Secret. For those that don't know the movie or the book, I suggest reading it. And it can sound a little woohoo, but it only sounds woohoo because it challenges the lack of woohoo in life. <laughs> and I watched the movie, The Secret, and I was like, whoa, like, what the hell is all of this stuff? And they used an analogy, an analogy in the movie about parking and finding great parking spots. And I started to reflect and I remember, I don't know why I always had this, this idea, but when I would drive and I would drive up to a grocery store or a store in general, I just felt effortlessly flowing in the knowing that I would have a great parking spot that was close to the front. And I have no idea why. That was just something that I just, I just felt like I knew every time. And every time I went to the grocery store, I would always find a very close spot. It wasn't the first one necessarily or the second one. It could have been the fifth one, but it was still close. It wasn't way in the back. And I think that what that brought to my attention was, oh, you, you, are, you do this naturally. Like we all do this to some extent naturally, this manifesting, this, this allowing things to show up in our lives. We all do it effortlessly because it's what we are. We are manifestors. We are abundant. We are these things already. They're not new things to find. They're things we already are that we are already doing. It's just allowing, are we aware of it or are we allowing ourselves to um, live in that truth instead of being like, I don't manifest? Yes, you do. You manifest every single day. I, oh, I, I don't believe in abundance or scarcity. Yes, you do. Um, what did I write down here? I wrote, um, we often say we don't have a belief around anything which really says there's a deeper rooted belief that we're not ready to look at. And so for me, this is what I was realizing is that I always felt like I was scarce, but then there was pockets in my life, like parking. I was abundant. I was getting these things and I was already doing it without having to think about it with all, without having to focus on being a manifester. I was already letting that part of my life flow and allowing it to arrive in a way in which it was designed to do. Sometimes I had to do an extra lap. I did one extra lap. Oh, look, someone's leaving second spot in. It was that simple for me to be like, whoa, look how powerful you are, bro. Look how powerful you are. And people would be like, oh, it's coincidence. And it's like, mm, I don't believe in coincidence. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in things coincidentally happening. No, there's always an intention. There's always a purity behind it. 
And noticing that is like, whoa. And to tie this all in for me is how much this idea of living in an abundance mindset and living in the state of I can manifest what I desire, uh, what that's done for my mental health, what that's done for my mental health. And it's just allowed me to feel so much less resistance in my brain because I'm not so focused on controlling the narrative anymore. That's what I feel like stresses me out the most in my life, control instead of faith. As soon as I move to faith, though, it feels like I can just sink into the couch. But before I'm like this rigid, like this robot, rigid robot, just waiting for a thing. I got to get this, you know, and it doesn't work, but it feels like it's working because of raw effort, but it's not actually working out because it's controlled. It's not living in this faith. Mm -hmm. And it's also just like the, I just, I think rigidness in, in a lot of different other areas too, like, you know. If you're someone who is a, a plans your day to a T and you're very regimented in your routines and it's only, you only start living life once you start loosening up that routine a little bit, you got to let it go a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think everything in life has a little bit of letting go, you know, like being able to just kind of let, let something, you know, I think the real power is uh, in life sometimes is, is that the idea that you might be living life one way and it might be all working, uh, not to fall too in love with that. You know, things can change on a dime. Things can change quickly. I think being prepared for the idea that things can shift and things can change. And that um, when you achieve something, it's always nice to think about all this, all the things that maybe you weren't in control of instead of thinking about all the things you were in control of to make that thing happen. Cause you're going to get into a, a spiral in your own mind and your own thoughts of like, well, I did, I did this exact thing last time and it worked. You know, I think you're better off in life thinking about when you find successes or when you find thinking about all the things that weren't in your control and, and being like, okay, cool. How do I get, how do I get around that? You know, I'll, I'll give an example of, my work to make that, you know, land a little bit more specifically. It's like, it's very easy to be like, oh, I did, you know, I, I put this in the computer. I found this person. I spoke to them like this. And then they ended up taking the job. When in hindsight, what actually happened was this person's job had a buyout. Another company bought them. They weren't really comfortable with where they were at. You reached out to them right time, right time, right place. They answered the call. They took the interview. They got the job. One could see it as like, oh, I did all these things. Another could see it as like, a little bit of luck was involved in that, right? A little bit of luck was involved in that, but I still had to do X, Y, Z to get the luck in the first place. I had to still reach out to that person. I still had to, had to, I still had to be compelling. I still had to get their trust. I still had to do all of those things, right? But when you get on your high horse and you think that like, yeah, 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 I closed that deal because I did this. Um, yeah, I, I, that one too, easy, me. Uh, I did these things, me, me. Uh, I did these things, me. But when you accept <laughs> that, like, you're like, oh, good timing. You know, that, that worked out great. I'm so grateful that that worked out. I'm so grateful that, you know, that, you know, you were able to get a good job and that, you know, we were able to connect at that time. That's awesome. You know, you move on to the next one. When you kind of move through that process of just being grateful for, you know, the timing of other things and you and half the time in life is just about being in the right place at the right time. But you got to be in the place. You got to <laughs> like, be in the place. You got to exactly. be in the place, right? And that's where, you know, sometimes from the religious standpoint and I, you know, I'm going to throw my 
sometimes I'll throw my mom's rhetoric under the bus here, but like, sometimes I feel like she's just like a little bit too, like it will happen. And I don't got to move, you know? And like, I don't got to actually do something. And, and that's a huge part of the spiritual, spiritual community. It's a huge part. And this is one of the things I wanted to say at the end. I'm glad you brought it up is you can't not do anything. <sighs> Manifestation and abundance don't just happen because you're sitting on the couch. It's not how it works. You can sit on the couch after you've moved or with the intention of moving very soon and taking some action in some way, shape or form, leaving the house, like all of these things will arrive, but the universe does not respond to sitting on the couch. The universe responds to action. Mm -hmm. You remember when we were kids and we were like in like, you know, grade one, grade two, grade three, this is common practice in those classes where the teacher would stand up at the front of the class and go, okay, I have treats for everybody, but I'm only giving it to the people who are quietly sitting and reading and doing what they're supposed to be doing. We will walk around and give you the treat. If you ask for the treat, we're not going to give it to you. We are only going to give it to you if you are quietly sitting and reading. And like, I just had a flashback. Like, I think life is like that. You know, when you're like putting your hand up, be like, me, 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 me. I, I deserve one. I deserve it. I deserve this. I deserve that. It's like, no, dude, chill out. Just do your job. Like, just do your work over there quietly. We'll reward you when the time's right, you know, and, and what happens is we lose, we lose sight of the process, right? We lose sight of like the fact that we haven't been rewarded. We haven't been, and we're too fixated on one element of life, right? Like if you are someone who gets too narrowed in on like my whole existence is work. So when work isn't going well and the reward, the effort that I'm putting into work, I want to see reward in work, 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 work then you're like your your mind is so fixated on one level of abundance or one mm. level of gratitude that it's like it's not going to work it doesn't really work because mm -hmm. you're still gripping that way too tight mm -hmm. but when you start kind of distracting yourself with your life like okay, cool what am i what, what's happening for me creatively like what's happening for me mentally what's happening for me physically what's happening in my relationships my friendships my uh family life my my work life and 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 you spread yourself out and you allow your mind to kind of go into a bunch of different pockets you'll notice that like oh you're showing up as a better this and then over here something happens you're like oh cool something's happening for me at work and then you're over here and then you're over here and you're just like in the flow of life like you're just kind of enjoying the fruits of its labor it's giving you things you're you're, you're manifesting things, but I just think that, yeah, going back a little bit to that, like, I just remember being like, cause I remember being, you know, uh, in these classrooms and stuff, I used to work at summer camps for kids and just like, like looking around and just looking for the kids who just were like ignoring the fact that there was a reward and just like, we're just doing their thing. We're just doing their work. Then you'd come over and you'd be like, here you go. You give them mm -hmm. a lollipop and they'd be like, <gasps> you know, and they'd be so excited. And it was just a constant reminder of like, Hey, when you put in effort, then the rewards follow. Like when mm -hmm. you put in action, the rewards follow getting older. That's turned into when you have intention behind your action, the rewards follow. Mm. Right. Cause when you're younger, things are just kind of happening. I felt like, like I didn't really know. Mm. Like, I, I wasn't really, I felt like even when I was finding success and I, in my younger ages, like I wasn't very intentional. Sometimes it would just be, I'd just be doing stuff and things would just happen. And you get used to that. You get used to that kind of pattern. I think when you get older, there's a bigger emphasis on like, are you being intentional about what you're doing? Mm. You know, and when you, when you align intention with action, I think that that's where it, it reaps the big, the best rewards when you are carrying an abundant mindset and you have gratitude for the things that are happening for you mm -hmm. um, and not to you. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And I like that. That teacher analogy is hilarious. It definitely is a hilarious reflection because it's so true. Um, And the way that I'm perceiving it is the teacher is the universe and the, what the universe is asking of the children is to flow, to allow flow in your life. And that one, that one moment where you're in there, like, pick me, me, it has to be me. I need that candy. That's when the universe is like, no, you're fighting. You're fighting too hard. You don't need to fight so hard for this. Allow it to flow. Do you see the flowing happening? And that's what a lot of these people were referring to in these examples are doing in their lives is they're allowing more flow. They're letting things move in any direction. And listen, I need to, I need to caveat this for a second before we get to um, our, our takeaways. What I think this can come across as is that I live a life in a manifestation and abundant mindset and that it is no longer hard. And I need to preface that that is absolutely not the truth. Life is still difficult. It is still challenging. It still presents things that suck. And in that space, I don't just drop into automatically being like, and it's all perfect. (laughs) And it's all great. And it's flowing as it should. No, fuck no. Hear that loudly. Fuck no. (laughs) I don't so often. Fuck no. That is not how life is designed. And what I hear a lot of the times is this reach into spirituality and manifestation and abundance that says it's all, I just had this conversation the other day. It's all light and love. No, it is not light and love. Otherwise the shadow version of ourselves wouldn't exist. It is not all light and love. And it's important to recognize it in the process of manifesting what you want. And in the process of living in an abundant mindset, the thoughts of you are not good enough, the thoughts of this is not working, it won't work, the thoughts that you suck, the thoughts that are stressful and overwhelming, those are all coming for you. They're all coming for you, whether you want them to or not. And to reject them is spiritual bypassing. To reject them, spiritual bypassing is another word for toxic positivity. They're the same thing. It's a bypassing of of a human experience. It is okay that you break down and have a cry every now and again, because it's tough and it sucks and it's hard. It is okay that you get stressed. Is it okay that you get overwhelmed? All it, all it is, all it, all this is saying is that there is a safe place to land on again. That is all this is providing for us is there is another safe landing pad for us where before there wasn't before there would just be the stress and just the breakdown and just the overwhelm and just the scarcity. There was no new landing pad. There was no new place to go. Now there's always somewhere to come back to. And for me, this is about what life is. It's about drifting and returning. Always. We drift away from what we know is true, what we believe so deeply, what we love so much. We drift and then we're like, oh, right. And then we return. And that is the constant cyclical nature of life. It's the cyclical life of nature. Even just watching plants grow. They grow, they die, and then they grow again. Over and over and over for their entire lifetime. And that is how we work. We break down, we, we, we evolve. We break down and we evolve. We grow and then we feel like we're not. Like it's just constantly changing, interchanging. And so um, I never want it to come across like manifestation is woo-woo um, in the sense of you just don't have struggles anymore. You know, abundance is you just don't have scarcity anymore. It's not what it's saying. It's saying sometimes you'll feel scarce. Sometimes you'll feel abundant. And that is the beauty and the nature of life, for me at least. And that is what grounds me again is is the grounding in the knowing it's ungrounded going back to those people that i was talking about in terms of the people that manifest at a at a, at a, at a clip that's just 
like it's it's almost overwhelming you look at these people's lives mm-hmm. and you're like they're the hardest working people i know but they also have the power of abundance and manifestation on their side and that's why it's happening so fast mm-hmm. right if you put two horses in a race and they're both working equally as hard but one of them is believes in abundance, believe it's possible, is ready for whatever the universe has to offer, whether good, bad, or ugly, it's just open. And the other one is like, I need to win this race. I have to win this race mm-hmm. or else it's just, those horses run different races. Mm-hmm. They run completely different races. And, and one of them is going to be a lot more successful in the race than the other because as, as, as we've come to see, the universe rewards those who are not so caught up in what's going on they're they're hardworking they know what they want and they're grateful for what they have and they're in tune and aligned with who they are not fighting to be somebody else and um what this is also saying too is that this is a practice it may not be necessarily something we can tangibly do like write it down sometimes we don't have the time or whatever like it's not necessarily always an outwardly expressive physical practice but it's like uh, you'll know this well. It's it's how many times did you need to practice the specific form of shooting a basketball? A ton, right? And then all of a sudden, you stop thinking about it until you miss a shot. And then you're like, I bet you my form is slightly off. And all of a sudden, you focus on it again. That's the simple nature of how all of this works. Sometimes we slip. Sometimes we move in the wrong direction. That's okay. It's the same thing. Um, it's about when the more you practice it, the less these thoughts come in. The more you practice abundance and manifestation, the less the the challenging thoughts come in. Just like the more you practice a shooting form, the less the old unformed shooting comes in. And the more consistent you get with this. That's all it's asking. Just to stay consistent with the mindset and know that sometimes you'll slip and you'll shoot left and it will bank off that backboard so damn hard and it will miss hard. It It will hard brick. And that happens. How many NBA players shoot air balls? Lots. It's not because they just don't know how to shoot. It's because in that moment, they, weren't, they forgot about their form. So the next one, they drain. And sometimes it's just, it's just that. It's just a little, it's a little correction, right? Mm-hmm. It's just um, to kind of wrap up, the, I guess, the conversation, what would be kind of your mm-hmm. biggest takeaway um, from this conversation? Yeah, I, I love this conversation. It's one of my favorite ones. And I can feel the fiery passion and expression come through me, which is so beautiful. I love it. And it's because this is an area that I've worked so hard on and I've put so much effort into trying to navigate and focus. But as far as like biggest takeaways go, I think what I took was um, from your story about having the money, but then like holding on to it. And it clicked in my head of that. It, you can have everything you want and still feel scarce can have all the things in the world and still feel scarce. It's like how um, we feel like money buys happiness. You can have all the money in the world and still feel lonely. It's a similar mindset for me is, is I can have all the things that I want and I can still feel like I'm lacking. And that comes from a, a deep lack of gratitude for what's in front of me and a deep lack of presence with what's in front of me. I'm always somewhere else. I'm in the future thinking about more. I'm not here with it all. And that's, I think for me, one of the beautiful processes of abundance is it's not just, oh, I get more things. It's also, I get more life. I get more out of life because I'm here now. I'm here with you. If I were to be worrying about what I'm doing in six hours, I would not be able to uh, 
actually tick up on the opportunity you and I have to have a really powerful conversation, to bring out more of what might be given to me in regards to downloads and information and wisdom. I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm somewhere else, which means I'm controlling the narrative and this has to go a specific way and be done by this time so that we're all good. And that's not how abundance works. So for me, it's just about knowing um, at the end of the day, like you can have it all and be scarce and you can have nothing and be abundant and live in abundance. You can have, you can go both ways. And that second example, you can not have a lot of money and still save it. You can have no, not a lot of whole money to, to put down to certain things and you can still put $10 away. We shared that video on our Instagram the other day. A lot of times we think we need to have it all to save it all. It's like you can have little and save little. And that still is what that's saying to the universe is it's coming. Mm-hmm. It's all building. It's all building. It's coming. I'm abundant. It's not abundant according to societal measures. Sure. But it's abundant in my belief. I'm abundant in the belief. It's all coming to me. So that's kind of like where I took from your conversation. And then on the flip side for me, it was just the idea that it, it's going to be hard. And it, we, I think we need to face that. We need to face it. It's going to be hard and start projecting the hard. Start projecting mm-hmm. the challenges because it's not, it's just putting up resistance to what nature is going to do. A plant struggles to grow sometimes. It doesn't say, well, I should just probably die now. No, it says, I'm going to learn how to move around this tree to find the sunlight, to find where I need to do to, to maneuver my way through this. Cause it's going to be hard. It's going to be a challenge, but I'll figure it out. Those are my biggest takeaways from the conversation. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, I love that. Um, I was so intently listening there that I just kind of like, I had something I wanted to say and I was like, remember to say that. And now I kind of mm. lost it. But um, the, uh, I think what you kind of, what you, t- what you touched on there that I, that I, that I did like though, um, was this idea that when you say, for example, what, would I rather be, would I rather have it like have it all and have a scarce mindset or, you know, have nothing and have an abundant mindset. Like, in my head, when you just said that, I was just like running, running like the, the scenario in my head. I'm like, what would I choose? Because like, if someone said, these are your two cards, you got to pick one of these two. What would I choose? That's what I was thinking in my head. And I was pondering, I'm like, what would I choose? <laughs> Cause now being, now being older, it's like, and I think that the short answer for me is that like, I think scarcity works in the short term very well, but has very, very little long-term success. Mm-hmm. And so it really depends on what race you're winning, you're, you're, mm-hmm. you're in, right? Like, are you, are you trying to win for the long term? Because like the, the tools that scarcity provides you being very, very like, you know, detail oriented and cynical and a little bit of like, you know, hold on and saving and whatever, it can get you through some short, some short term things. Like if you're going through, you know, but there's a ceiling to that, like there's a ceiling to that strategy, that mindset, and then it, then it becomes a block, then it mm-hmm. becomes like a, you can't get any more. And a great example of this in real time was I, uh, I had a, I had a, I had a couple of deals go in and, you know, the, the boys wanted to go out and celebrate. So one of my buddies who I work with was like, let's go to a steakhouse. And I was like, okay, cool. So we're going to the steakhouse and, um, I sent him, I sent him a video of like a meal that I was having an hour before we were going to the steakhouse. Um, like it was like a pretty full meal. Uh, and I sent him, I literally had, had wrote to him. I was just like keys to go into a fancy restaurant, make sure you're not starving. And I sent that to him and he screenshotted it and put me on blast and put me into the, the group chat with all the other men. And he went, 
look at this guy going to a fancy restaurant and eating food before he goes to the restaurant so that he's not full. Change your mindset. And it was like, dude, that's how scarce my mindset was and how ingrained it is in me to be like, if you're going to a fancy restaurant, you can't order apps and this and this and this. Make sure that you're kind of full so that like you can pick, you can leave without that bitter feeling of like you just went out for dinner and you're starving because that's what I grew up on. That's the scarce mindset. That is mm-hmm. the, I'm not going out to a fancy dinner to, to, to reward myself for doing well. I'm going to this fancy dinner to just be like, okay, cool. I'm showing up with my old mindset, even though I'm in the, in the place of reward, you know? Mm-hmm. And and, you know, I remember my boss kept chiming in being like, what are we doing, boys? Like, what is the point here? Like, he's like, if you're not, if you're not closing deals and happy when you're celebrating and whatever, this is not worth it. This is not going to work for you if you're going to be super closed off and like still want things like it's like it doesn't work. Mm. He's like, you need to think about having a fancy dinner, eating whatever you want and then figure out how can I do it again? How can I do it again? You know, and and it's just such a great example because it's like, that's where there's the block, right? It's like, there's this block of if you don't go and enjoy the finer things and you don't go and reward yourself when something goes well, or you don't go and do those small things and you think very narrow-minded about things and you're scarce about it, it it puts a block on how you feel about that reward, right? And then you just, and then it just becomes harder to do day in and day out, right? But if you go to that dinner and what was, what was I worried about being full, right? Eat enough to not be full. What is it? $250? Pay it. Now you know what the reward of doing the job was. Do it again. You know, versus never have ever getting to experience what spending the $220 is. So I go there and I spend 80. I'm not full because I didn't get to try everything. I have no mm-hmm. real experience. I shortcutted the reward. So I only got half of the reward, a quarter of the reward, but I got to put in maximum effort to get the reward. So you're going max effort for half reward. Mm-hmm. That process is not going to work. That's not going to, that's not going to keep you motivated for a long period of time. Right. And like, there's moments like that in my life where I have to constantly in my head go, and where you're being, you're being, you're, that's the old you, bro. You need to get out of that. You need to get mm-hmm. out of that. You're blocking yourself. You're blocking yourself. You're blocking yourself. So, you know, to kind of come back full circle, my, my, my takeaway from the conversation and, you know, I love this conversation too. And it's, 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 this is, I don't, we don't, I don't want to come off as like, I have this figured out, dude, every day I suck at this every single damn day. I suck at this right now. I'm in the middle of like moving apartments and I'm like, in my mind, like, uh, I, I do, I need to go back to like a, do I go, gotta go do something super cheap, even though I'm super happy with where I'm at. I love this mm-hmm. apartment. Like, it's like, do you pay the extra money to stay here? Do you go, you know, and it's, 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 it's every day I'm challenged with this plague of like, okay, man, if you pay the money and your expenses go up, what do you get in return? You just have to what make more money and then you get to do what? So are you going to be happier? Are you going to, so for me, it's like knowing that abundance manifestation exists it, what it does is it like it challenges my thoughts and it challenges the old identity of myself. And that's where it's at. I'm not, I know people who are way better at this and it's, whew, it's impressive. Just like the gym, I'm just working towards becoming like that, but I'm very, very conscious. And in the moments that it has happened, it's always kind of like you in the parking is always, it's always kind of been like, hmm, that was interesting. 
Mm-hmm. I did say I wanted to do this, and then I did. I did just work my butt off, and it did just happen. That's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like my career, like I was dying. Like I was bartending, being like, I, I hate bartending. I can't do this anymore. I can't be in the restaurant anymore. I'm 29 years old. Like what's going on? Um, and I remember just holding onto it so tight, and just like being like everyone I, that would sit down at the bar, but what do you do for a living? Like I was just like just wanted to change, and it was like the second I just kind of like stopped giving a damn. My boss literally walked up to me in a bar and was just like, "Hey, man." Hey, do you, do you want to do the whole recruitment thing? I was like, yeah, maybe. And he was like, yeah, okay, cool. Let's have a conversation on some like casual, like not even expecting it. Same thing with the living situation I had. I knew in my mind, I didn't like where I was living. I knew that I wanted to get my own apartment in Toronto and blah, 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 blah. I just said it, forget it, busted my butt. Next thing I know, I'm in a conversation, at least to a conversation. And I'm in an apartment mm-hmm. in Toronto and I'm like, whoa, wow. Like I remember looking, like standing on the balcony and looking out and just being like, I'm here, man. I did it. Like, I'm not <laughs> like, and it's just like, it's every time that it's happened for me in terms of the manifesting, it's always been this idea of letting it go. Mm. And that's, you know, my biggest takeaway is it's not about, it's not about not putting an effort. It's not about not being intentional. It's not about having a vision board and goals and knowing what you want and being intentional. The two things it's all about is letting go and trusting divine timing trust the timing of whatever is coming your way. I think my little rip there on micromanaging the universe is probably my, my favorite rip of this whole entire thing, because that's what we're doing. We're micromanaging the universe to be like, Hey, I did this. So can you hand that in? Like and that's mm-hmm. not, the universe is like, I don't work like that. Empower me and let me do what I want to do when I want to do it. Just trust that I'm the best employee you got. Like, just know that the work is going to get done. That's it. And leave, leave me alone. You do you, let me do me. Come to me with the, your tasks. That's awesome that you want that. Awesome, cool. I'll work on it. If I, if I find some time, I'll work on that. And then let it be. And I think that, you know, when you enter prayer like that, when you enter journaling like that, when you enter um, creativity like that, when you enter, you know, relationships like that, with that level of openness of just, you know, um, showing up and letting go, I think that the best, the best do that incredibly well. And they're not so fixated. They're not so attached to the results. They just, the results are just a byproduct of what happens and they go, Oh, that's awesome that that worked out. That's great. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love that. And some, one last thing that's being mirrored back to me that I told myself I would start doing and I haven't uh, is a practice of writing down the moments where I ask for something and I get it. Recon- Cause that for me, it's, it's the way in which my masculine recognizes the tangible results. If it's in the air and it's in the, we'll call it the fluff zone, then it's hard for me to tangible, to make it tangible, to make it real, to make it feel like it's real. Like it actually did happen. So if I were, if I were to start writing down the moments where I asked for something and then I got it and I had faith that something would arrive and it arrived, if I write down those and keep a log of all of the times that I've manifested something or abundanced something, how powerful would I feel? How real would this all feel? How much easier would it feel to know that all of these things happened when I did that? So what if I just keep doing that? And for me, that, that just sounds like such a beautiful takeaway practice for me to go and start doing and become aware of. Um, and maybe for all of you listening as well, is just to take a log and reflect. It's happened. It's happened many times. It's just about becoming aware. And once that, I feel like field of awareness is once they're opened, it's everything changes everything in your life changes and you start to realize that it's all working in your favor. All you got to do is ask. 
What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we invite you to join us next week as we put out content every single Wednesday. Our goal with this platform is to create a community to support men on their journey of becoming conscious kings. And in saying so, if you took any value out of this episode or previous episodes, please share, download, subscribe. And if you're feeling really up to it, go ahead and leave a review. You can follow us at Modern Masculinity. Remember, the K, it's with a K, not a C, to represent the mask that we wear. And like always, thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week.